Uh, we are in the second part of a series titled Forever Family. Uh, last week, Pastor Keith started out the series, and we'll continue with it next week. So today is part two of that. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> how's that? Better. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be doing part two today. Uh, forever family. The foundational scripture for that is in Ephesians 1 4. And, and I, I want to kind of paraphrase that a little bit before I read it, just to kind of give you an understanding of uh, what this is talking about. Before anything was ever made or created, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all before creation. And each one of those, all three got together. And agreed on the plan of salvation for mankind before anything was ever made or created. That's basically what Ephesians 1, 4 is telling us. That Jesus agreed to go to a cross way before anything was ever made or created. That's what Ephesians 1, 4 is about. And it's unique that the whole Bible... One thing I, I, I told the earlier service, one thing I learned through all of my studying of the Bible, the one number one thing I learned is that the whole thing from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, it's all about redemption. It's all about this one man named Jesus Christ and what he did and what he accomplished for us. And it pleased the Father. And we're going to look at that. Ephesians 1, 4. Let's read it together. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. In other words, what Jesus did on the cross pleased the Father for the redemption of our sin. And in the process of doing that, he chose us in Christ to become sons and daughters of the Father God Almighty. And then Jesus himself told us, he's, before he left, he said, I'm going to tell you something. Before I leave, there's this other one called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Comforter. The spirit of truth. And he will come. That's a gift to you. As part of the bride of Christ. It's a gift to us. To show us that he's coming again for us. And in that gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul was beside himself if you will. If you read all the letters of Paul. Paul was, was just beside himself on the benefit that we have with the Holy Spirit with us 24-7. You see, before that time, the Spirit came and went. Paul lived in both eras. He knew the difference. And now we have the Spirit of God. The Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if you've been born again, lives in you. And that Spirit, and, I, and Jesus even said, because he come, because I leave, you don't understand, I've got to go in order for him to come. But when he comes... He's going to do through you even greater things than I did. 
Now, I wish he had never said that. I really wish he had never said that. You know why? Because when he said that, now I am without excuse. We are without excuse. We can even do greater things through the Spirit, through Christ, who died for us. That's what that scripture is telling us. That's what this is all about, folks. And being part of the family of God is being involved with a Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit, not an evil spirit, a Holy Spirit that guides us and directs us and gives us power over the world. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. Let's read. The, uh, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to recap some of last week. I'm just going to read through that for the benefit of time uh, because I realized this morning uh, I need some time. So let's look at that. Every single person on the planet needs three things. You need God, love, and family. Y'all with me? You need God. Oh, Lord, don't you know we all need God? Right? We also need love. I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad you try to be or how tough you try to be or what kind of cowboy hat you wear or what kind of boots you wear, whatever. You need love. Without it, you're nothing. And people know that. Even though sometimes they try to hide it, they know that we need love. And the only true place to get love is within God's family, not through the world. Y'all with me? Also, because we need, we need God's family. And one monumental, eternal act, that's Jesus on the cross. God gave us all three through Christ, through his blood. If you ever looked at the DNA of blood, it's shaped like a cross. The reason why it's shaped like a cross is because it's the part that holds it together. We are held together because of what Christ did on the cross. Y'all with me? Let's read on through this. For this is how God loved the world. This is John 3, 16. This is one of the biggest verses in the Bible. Even a bunch of quarterbacks know this one, right? For this is how God loved the world. For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world to not judge the world but, through the world, through, but be saved the world through him. Right? God didn't, he, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. Right? He come to save it. And you know what part of the family of God is? It's to bring in more family. We are, we are, we're not, our job ain't to condemn the world. The scripture does that. The scripture tells them their faults. We don't need to, we're going to look at some scripture about that in a few moments. But that's not our job, right? Our job is to have the world be saved through Christ Jesus. Let's look. Uh, God went before us and did the hard part so that when the world rejects us, God still accepts us just the way we are. Pay attention. We must simply believe he has invited us and permanently adopted us into his forever family. What's that telling us? God loved us and he chose us just the way we were. We have to, we have to accept the world and others into the family just the way they are. Thank goodness. No, thank goodness. That's a, that's a tone. Thank God that I didn't have to clean up before I come in. You know why? Because I wouldn't be here. You know why? I'm still cleaning up. Can I get an amen? 
Y'all with me? Seriously. I mean, we can't clean up first, right? Cleaning up's a process through the Holy Spirit that I was talking about earlier, right? That gives us the truth of Jesus Christ and what his blood has done for us. Y'all with me? That's just, that's just the way it is. So we have to accept others. The one thing I learned about being 20 years at Liberty Church is we accept the world the way it is. And we invite others to come in just the way they are, the same way Christ invited us just the way we were. I've seen times when drunks, people high and everything, be in the congregation. But I don't know a better place for one to be than in, the, in there getting the, getting the Word of God. Yeah. Now, we ain't going to allow no disruptions. I've only known of a couple of times of that within the 20 years. And one time when we had a little bit of disruption, I just got Brother Steve Bullard over here to go take care of it for me. <laughs> you remember that? He remembers that. You know, but the good thing about that was it all worked out. It all worked out in love and nothing really bad happened, whatever. But, but, but the Word tells us not to have disruption, right? Y'all with me? But we are to love them the way they are. And we have done that. And because of that, we have stuff like Celebrate Recovery. We have other things that's involved with that, right? Amen. Right? I got to move on. Let's look at the next one. Uh, it says, you didn't choose me. I, just Jesus talked. I chose you. I appointed you to go and, and produce lasting fruit so that the Father would give you whatever you ask using my name. He chose us, right? First, just the way we were. This is my, my command. Love each other. You know one thing you say, you know how they know that you're my disciples? Because you come to church every Sunday. That ain't what it said. It said that you will know that you're my disciple because you what? Love one another. That's part of being a family of God. You love one another. Now, your regular family, <laughs> I don't know so much about that. It's not always a bunch of love in there, right? Verse 31 says, do you, not, do you now believe? That's what Jesus replied. Next slide. There we go. Uh, let's go on to the next one. Uh, verse 32 said, A time is coming, in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each of you to your own home, and you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is in me. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit, right? He's also speaking of the time that he's going to go to the cross when everybody rejected him. But the Spirit was with him right up to the time to where he took on our sin, right? Um, so there's nothing like the family of God. When you're a part of the kingdom of God, it's forever, it's eternal, irreplaceable, and invaluable. That's, yeah. So that's a part of it. We got to understand that part of the family of God is eternal and it's forever. You know, I, I told earlier service, the, one, of the, one of the differences in your natural family compared to the spiritual family to, compared to your church family it's one thing, you know, Pastor Keith said it last week, you can't choose your regular family, right? But you can choose your spiritual family. But also on the part of choosing your spiritual family, you choose them in Christ just the way Christ chose you and him. That's what it's actually saying, right? 
And the thing about it is, you have to remember, you have to remember something that we are a part of the body of Christ. And that family, we are a, a part of it. You know, in your regular family, have you ever noticed, I don't know if somebody, y'all, y'all can raise your hand and give me an amen if you want to, but if there's a part of your regular family that most of them don't want to do nothing and you have to do it all, you ever been in one of them parts? Don't nobody else want to do it, but you have to do it all, right? You know why a lot of them do it? They're good amens. I know you ought to get one on that one. But you know why most of them you have to do it? They don't want to do it. Most of them they don't want to do it because you're doing it. And if you try to make them do it, they get mad at you. Right? You know what the difference between that and the spiritual family is? In your spiritual family and the family of God, nobody else can take your place. God has you for a purpose. You are a place in that family, and no one else can do your part. You are held responsible for your part. Y'all with me? Hey, don't, don't fuss at me. I'm just telling you the way it is. Right? And I ain't even got to the good stuff yet. Let's look at the next one. The family of God is, ah, here we go. It's starting part two. The family of God is not a closed club. Okay? This ain't a closed club that you got to clean up before you come in. Praise God we have churches like Liberty Church that will accept people just the way they are. I mean, seriously, folks, it, 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 there is a lot to that, right? It's an all-inclusive and accessible to anyone who decides to follow Christ, to follow Jesus. As believers, we must be willing to accept and love others right where they are, just as God did for us. It's not a closed club. It's not like my bass fishing club. Now, I'm in a bass fishing club that's a, it's not necessarily a closed club, but we only allow in it who we want. <laughs> you know why? Because one thing, you got to have a job. Because I have to work. And you can't be out there fishing every day because I have an unfair advantage. They'll have an unfair advantage over me, right? Now, I ain't trying to make my fishing club socialism now, okay? Y'all, it'd be easy on me. But I can't, I can't compete with them fish all the time, pros and, and, and uh, guides and all that other. We keep them out through it being a club, right? Y'all with me? Come on. Smile, at least. All right, y'all with me? But, come on, there you go. But here we go. Now, church ain't a closed club. We ain't allowing you not to come in because you're not cleaned up good enough for me yet. Or you ain't got enough money. Whatever. I ain't got nothing to do with it. You are a child of God to be born again. And we're going to look at some scriptures of that in a few moments. Of how when, some, when someone comes back to God, we need to have a party. We're going to look at that in a few moments. I'm all about feasting. <laughs> Y'all with me? Let's look, at, let's look at the scripture of Luke. Luke 5, 30 through 32. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect, and I'm going to stop right there for a minute, belong to their sect. I'm going to break it down for you. Belong to their church. Okay? Even though, y'all with me? That belong to their sect, complain to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need of a doctor, but the sick. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now let's pay attention to that scripture for a moment. The big wheels of their church, so to speak, right, went to the disciples and basically said, why are you and him sitting down with sinners? You know, the great thing about God is, the great thing about the Spirit, they know what's in your heart, they know what's in your mind, and they know what's on your tongue. And Jesus looked at him and said, the doctor, you know, the, 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 I didn't come to call the righteous. The whale don't need a doctor, only the ones that are sick. Uh, he did, I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Why was he telling them? His basic time said, go ahead and shut up the gossip right now. You should go ahead and stop it. You see what they did? They didn't come to Jesus. They went to his disciples trying to get some kind of gossip started about they shouldn't be doing that. Why are you sitting around eating with sinners? I thought y'all were supposed to be religious folks. And Jesus just knocked it, knocked it in the head right off the bat. That ought to be a lesson to us. Right? Don't let that get started. Don't even let it. Let the Spirit of God nip it in the bud, if you will. Knock it out before it ever gets started. That's what I liked about Jesus. He just went ahead and told them right off the bat. Y'all with me? Our next part says, To continue to see God's kingdom grow, flourish, and advance, we must be willing to get to work. That's that part I was talking about a while ago. In your natural family, a lot of times you have to do work just to get stuff done, right? In God's family, you've got a job to do and can't nobody else do it for you. If you, if you slack on your job, then it gets you slack. Can't nobody keep it up for you. But we got to be willing to get dirty and to do the, the hard things that others are not willing to do. Besides, what else is family for? Right? Y'all with me? You can't, whatever you do on your job, wherever you work, wherever you do, God's got you there for a reason. It don't matter if you believe it or not, God's got you there for a reason. And it's your job to do your job where you're doing your job. I can't do it for you. Pastor Keith can't do it for you. Right? I've been trying to get Curtis to do it for me, and he just ain't going to do it. In fact, I tried to get him to come up here this morning and do this. And he just said, you got it. <laughs> so anyway, there it is. I think you said that too, didn't you? Anyway, let's look at our next, let's look at our scripture of Luke 10. It said, these were instructions he gave to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you as lambs among wolves in other words Jesus said I'm sending you it's your job right I'm sending you out into the world it's like sending you out as lambs among wolves because you know what they're going to try to do they're going to try to eat you up with their words I've been there and done that one thing you're going to do no matter where you're at where your job is whatever if they've done labeled you as the Christian or the the churchgoer or the righteous person or the preacher, and I've been trying to tell them at work, I ain't no preacher. Shut that up. I ain't the preacher. But they don't label me that. So guess what? I'm labeled. 
You know what they do? You know what the first thing they do when you get labeled? They watch you. And they just like them Pharisees. They're waiting for you to do something with the sinners. They're waiting for you to do something just so that they could eat you up. You know what I, I told the others earlier? You know, I just don't understand why somebody, you know, why would you want to inherit the world? The Bible even says, what would a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose his only soul? What would you profit? Well, you know what? The more and more I think about it, have y'all looked around lately? This world is screwed up. I don't want it. I don't want to be king over the world. I'd rather just have my part in the kingdom of heaven. Because my father is the ruler over the kingdom of heaven, which is the true kingdom. We're going to look at a few scriptures of that here in just a moment. But think about it. Would you like to inherit this world right now? The Clintons would. I'm sorry, did I say that? And I don't know why. Y'all with me? That is kind of funny, ain't it? If you just think about it. Goofy and funny, right? Well, let's look at, let's look at some scriptures in Psalms. and I got another one to do before I get into that. I don't even know where I'm at. Oh, I know where I'm at. <laughs> I got it right there. Jesus told him, he said, let the spiritual dead bear their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said unto him, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and say bye to my family. Well, what that's basically saying is, these guy, this guy wasn't really needing to go bury his daddy. wasn't dead yet. If you go back and read it, his daddy's still alive. He just wanted to go back and hang around for a while until his daddy died so he'd receive his inheritance. That's what it's all about. And God said, if you want to go do that, just, let, just go back and let, you know, let the dead bury their dead. And if you go back, you're going to be dead with them. He said, follow me. Once said, let me go back and say bye to my family. He said, you ain't got to say bye to your family. Your family's going to say bye to you once you do it. Y'all with me so far? Can I get an amen on that one? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It happens. Jesus said this for a reason. He knew what was coming on, right? But he also said to them, he said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow, then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, let me tell you a little bit about that. I used to farm for a living back in, from 79 to 89. I full-time farmed. Um, I wouldn't give it up for nothing. I really enjoy farming. That's just part of my blood. Uh, back now, I went from 12-row stuff now to two-row stuff. So I just play farm on the weekends just to kind of scratch my itch, right? But one thing I learned in that, back when I was farming, I farmed 2,200 acres of cotton down in the Decatur area. And what we would have to do is once our cotton was planted, once it started growing, we had to cultivate that cotton all the time. And it didn't matter if it, was, if it had weeds in it or nothing. I was constantly cultivating the cotton. And I even had people say, why are you plowing that? There ain't a weed in it. That's a fruitless cotton I'm saying, and you're plowing it. You don't understand. You've got to work the ground. God put us on the earth to work the ground. 
if you will. And he said, if you work it, and every time I run steel through that ground, that plant will grow. Every time. And it's part of the farming process. But one thing I learned about plow and cotton, don't look back. You know what he was saying in that? It, it, it just, it, it, it taught me through my farming career, it taught me what that is talking about. You see, if I look back, I had this 12-row wing fold cultivator on a big tractor, and all you had to do was wiggle that much, and you could plow up a half acre when you're running about 12 mile an hour with that thing. Because, I mean, I'd be humming through there, right? You know what it took? It took faith. I had to look forward and never look back, because if I look back, I would wiggle. And if you wiggle, you're going to plow the field up. Don't you know we, got, we only got so much field out there, and we don't need to be plowing the field up. We need to be cultivating the field. Y'all with me so far on that? Right? But I had to have faith that my cultivator was doing what it's supposed to do, and I didn't do nothing but look forward, so I didn't plow it up. That's what Jesus is talking about. He said, don't look back. Have faith in me to go forward. And have faith that I'm taking care of this behind you. Y'all with me? That's pretty good stuff. Right? I thought it was. Right? Let's look on. Another point. The blessings and benefits of being part of God's forever family are limitless. It's limitless. Now we're going to get into that scripture I was telling you about just a minute ago. Right? Uh, we must continually and intentionally preach the message to anyone that will listen so that prodigal sons and daughters will continue to come back home. The blessings and benefits are limitless. It's infinite, the King James Version says. That it's infinite, limitless. My father is the, is the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. Why would I want anything else? He's the good father. He's the one that gives me the good stuff. He even said, that, he, he said, you... Uh, uh, Evil people know how to give your kids good stuff. He says, you don't think I don't know how to give kids good stuff? Y'all with me? Let's look at Psalms 147. It says, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's it's, It's limitless. Let's look at the next one. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. That was the one that gave me the 4.30 this morning when I was going over this lesson. That's when the Holy Spirit gave me that part that says, why in the world do you want to rule over this crazy world? Why not be a part of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that rules over all? That is the good rule, not the evil rule. Let's look at one more. It says, none is like you, Lord. You are great, and your name is mighty and power. This is actually speaking, this is actually the Old Testament prophet speaking of Jesus in advance. He talked about this Lord right here. It's actually talking about Jesus. He said, no one is like you, Jesus. You are great, and your name is mighty and power. There's none other like the name of Jesus. Through his name. You can achieve great and powerful things. And those great and powerful things ain't wealth and money. It's people. We got to get the understanding that the treasures in heaven 
is souls. You know why? Because the streets is paved with gold. Now, I learned last year why it's not paved with asphalt, because it's expensive. <laughs> that was cute, but it's true. Asphalt's expensive. Apparently, there ain't nothing to gold, because they just keep printing, printing out $100 bills. We ain't got no gold to back it up. Woo, did I say that? I'm sorry. Let's look at the next scripture, Luke. Bethany. This is the part about the prodigal son, and we're going to get into this. I got a few minutes. He longed to fill his stomach with the pies that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many in my father's house, or my father's house servants, have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Who's his servants? Us, right? So the Father said to you and to me and to us, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I'm all about celebrating. Y'all with me? When the drunk on the street that has spent everything he's ever had and most people want to even turn their head from them, don't even want to make eye contact with them. They're a soul and a child of God. And when they come back to their senses, we need to have a party. So y'all need to get some fatty calves ready. Or you can go down to Foodland when it's on sale and get some steaks and we'll do it that way. Right? I'm all about it. Y'all with me? That's what it's all about, folks. Y'all with me? Let's look at this last point. It said, every day lost souls are deciding to come back home. We cannot judge. We must celebrate and not forget where we come from, right? There was somebody that brought us in. Amen. There's somebody that was praying for us. That gave us, our, that gave us our opportunity to be part of the family of God. Y'all with me? Oh, Lord, it means I'm running out of time. We must celebrate and not forget where we come from. Each soul who decides to come back to God only helps make the forever family even bigger, richer, and stronger than forever. Do not judge or you will be judged. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Let's go to the next one. For in the same manner, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look in the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when at the same time there's a plank in your own eye? 
You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That kind of spoke for itself, did it not? But what we need is we need correct information. We need to pay attention to what's going on around us, and we need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all situations. But we need correct information. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end it up with a little illustration. This actually happened. I can't make this up, okay? This actually happened to me one time. And it's all about getting correct information. Even though you might be there, but you need to have your eyes and ears open to what's going on to get correct information. And the way you get correct information and proper interpretation is through the Holy Spirit. Now, I was put through a test, if you will, and I passed this one. I'll tell you about the ones I passed. I don't want to tell you about the ones I didn't pass, right? When I went to Walmart to get gas, y'all know what I had Walmart, got the Murphy Mark gas out there in front of it, one here in A-Rail. I come in there to get gas in my big black truck, and I went around back because the front, all the front stalls was full. So I go around back, and I get gas, and I'm coming back out. Y'all ever went in there and got gas around the back of it? Come out the back, there's a little bitty spot to come out of, right? I'm coming out of it in my big F-250, and this woman that was parked over, or was in this first stall right here, she just pulled right, she ain't looking. And she pulls right out in front of me. And I'm not going very fast, right? I'm just coming around there. So I just kind of stopped, right? Now, I don't know what kind of look I gave, but I'm sure, I mean, I was just one like, you know, whoa, I'd like to hit you or whatever. But she wasn't looking, but there was this little girl, she's probably seven or eight years old, sitting in the passenger seat, looked me right there in the eye. And I don't know what kind of look I gave. Like I said, it just had to be a lighter starter look or whatever. Well, she turns and says something to the lady driving the car. Okay? That lady must not have liked whatever it was because she turned around and gave me an ill look. And then I don't know what kind of look I gave back, but there's probably one like, I didn't do nothing, you know? And then when I did that, she insinuated that I was number one. And I'm like, and, I, and I, I'm passing now, I'm passing, and I thought, I don't know why I gotta be number one for something I ain't done. Well, at the same time, she turns back around, at the time she's turning back around, she's done pulled all the way out into the other lane, and she pulls out in front of a guy in a little black car. She has not seen the guy in the black car. The black car don't know that she pulled out in front of me. And he comes in between us to miss her. And when he does, he blows the horn at her. So guess what? She didn't see him, so guess who she thinks blow the horn? Huh? I promise you, folks, I ain't done nothing. But just sit there with a dumb look on my face. Well, when he did that, she turns back around and gives me a double number one. At the same process that she's doing that, she's blowing the horn even harder than the first guy did, which ticks the first guy off and the guy in the black car insinuates she's number one. And me and the little girl are still yet to figure out who really is number one. That really happened, folks. Can't make that up. Proper information 
The lady never seen the guy in the black car. The guy in the black car never seen what happened in front. They all there, but both of them thinks they know who's number one. And what it really comes down to, shouldn't nobody be number one? Y'all with me? I didn't know how I was to tell it. <laughs> and my wife kind of thinks I shouldn't have told it. And I'm just now remembering I'm online. Lord help us. Yeah. Proper information. Take time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Take time and the effort to speak and witness to the ones when the Holy Spirit prompts you, it's for a reason. And if somebody pulls out in front of you and thinks it's your fault, just take it and grin. I passed that one. Boy, there's about a bunch of them I didn't pass. But I passed that one. Y'all with me? And I've run out of time. Before I pray us out of here, just remember we're all family. We need each other's love. We need each other's prayers. And you know what we need to do? We need to kick this COVID thing in the rear. I don't know how to say it. And we need to get, I still think it's a scheme of the devil to break us apart. I really do. And I think now it's maybe starting to go downhill because they wasn't able to impeach Trump and find him guilty and everybody's in office so they ought to be happy so maybe the numbers will go downhill. I ain't saying it wasn't real. I ain't saying that, folks. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the way they handled it. Because I still think that it's a part of the scheme of the devil and the scheme of the world to bring us apart. I think it's time we get together and celebrate. Y'all with me? Just remember that. Let me pray us out of here. Thank you, Lord, for this time and this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the Spirit that leads and guides us. I also thank you, Lord, that we can come together and have fun and still understand who you are. And we just pray it all in the name that made it possible, the name of Jesus Christ. And I'll say it again, the name of the one who says, surely I come quickly, even so come, my Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all dismissed.